what's going on back for another episode and hopefully it'll be super fun and awesome yesterday i was thinking about us outside of the day's distractions unfortunately overwhelming my mind was swimming in a stream arching and reclining, knowledgeable and ever-blooming, enabling my imagination. Have I gotten off track? Please bring me back. Please tell me that you've been thinking about us too. That is a very, like, felt cute, might delete later kind of thing. You know, it's like, felt kind of happy, going to write about it, don't know what I'm going to do about that, you know. <laughs> um, but I was um, I was at this party the other day, and we were outside uh, having a cigarette, and um, somebody pointed at mine, and they were like, oh, that means someone's thinking about you, and I was like, what? And apparently, according to this person, um when like the ash comes off and then like the cigarette is like like an arrow like it's really like a fine point that means somebody's thinking about you and I was like oh that's kind of cute and then I was just thinking and you know I was kind of in a good mood and so I wrote that and I was like oh you know just kind of something about how it can be nice to think about people sometimes you know and just you know sort of have a little moment and just be like oh kind of love this person that's nice but also there's this kind of anxiety that goes along with it and like oh my god do they think about me too am I a creepy stalker I don't know you know so yeah that was fun to write which is which is nice for me because some of the things I write are very very troubling for me strand of silver that invaded his boyish blonde hair and now keeps him up at night as taken prisoner by my ring finger a make-believe mark of marriage my heart just cannot be told anything but will run away and get married anyhow the universe reels but nothing is real to me anymore just go with it and I go wherever he asks me I think one day I'd like to get married you know like actually do it instead of like say that I'll do it and then not (laughs) I think I just need to find the right person and you know Because it's not so much that I hate the idea of being with one person for the rest of my life. 
because I really, really don't. I just don't think there is a great number of people I would be willing to do that with, you know. Um, the list is very small so far, but, you know, there's still time. Still only in my 20s, you know. I'll get round to it, you know. But then again, I, I said that about Game of Thrones, and now that's almost over, and I haven't even gotten started. So, I mean, God knows if I'll ever get round to it. But um, just to be clear, by the way, that isn't a prerequisite. If anyone is now thinking, you know, oh, maybe I should jump in and, and marry her. You don't have to, you know, be willing to, you know, sit through the entirety of Game of Thrones with me. Because I'm going to be real with you. Game of Thrones is probably on that list of things I said I'll do, but I probably won't. Whereas, you know, getting married is on the other list. Um, but I... <laughs> I think it would be quite nice sometimes, you know, just because it's just like, you know, you get to have this person and, and they're always there. I think that's nice. And just getting to be in love consistently must be fucking brilliant. Because, I mean, in the times when I get to do it, right, being in love with somebody, it's amazing. But, like, imagine getting to do that all the time. With like one specific person and, and they love you back and, and you, you both have like these matching cool power rings and and you get to have like a party and everything and everyone has to like, you know, be nice to you for like a whole day. And then you get to repeat it year upon year upon year, getting to celebrate being married to another. But like, wow. Amazing. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him, not in the sense that society expects. He has a good job working with hands that he's obsessed with. He always seems to talk about them and their alleged talents. He's got a driving license, like a real one. Not one of the plastic little ones you get from Legoland. I've got one of those. Anyway, yes, he's a grown man. He tells me all the time about how he wants to get to know me, but he broke into my study, taking all my children from the shelf, committing crime after crime, breaking my heart before he had even won it, desecrating all the days I held close, tearing down the tales I had built from the matter of my brain and the things that really mattered to me, which he never bothered to ask about, by the way. Because he says, aspects of my work do it for him. My work does it for him, whatever that means. And though I know that it's no longer mine when I set it free, it is still like watching my child being chased into the woods by wayward wolves who could never have the best of intentions. I finally understand why my mother would hold my hand a little bit tighter when I was a little girl, as we walked past pubs with smoking areas, sexual harassment minefields. You see that that baby is mine, grown from my mind, but
but still just as real and essential to me as if she crawled from my canal to arrive in my arms. And though he thinks he's done nothing wrong, and I'm too conditioned by alleged feminine empowerment that always seems to send to men, I am too conditioned to kink shame him or prioritize my own comfort. I feel sick when he tells me that he wants to fuck my baby. He says he likes our conversations, but they're scripted exchanges where I'm only permitted to tell him that I'm fine and to act impressed that he expresses an interest in performing oral sex on a woman because if I ask him to ask about my interests, I'm being boring and if I ask him to try a little harder to make me feel special, I'm being unreasonable and if I ask him to treat my work with the same respect I do his, I'm being oversensitive. If I ask him to leave me alone, I'm a bitch who isn't giving him a chance because she's up herself or she thinks she's better than him because she went to university and she does some artsy job and she reads the papers and listen I know he has needs but so do I and I'm trying to find an acceptable way to say that he just isn't capable of fulfilling them I was really kind of thinking about the way that creative work is sexualized, even when it's not sexual. When I wrote that, um, I, um, I mean, you know, I create a lot of things, some of which are about sexual topics and subjects, but some of which are not. Um, but what I found as a creator and particularly as a woman, is that often things that are not sexual in any context will still be sexualized by some people. Um, you know, I have... <laughs> I, I mean, there are episodes of this very podcast where I have literally not spoken about anything sexual at all. Like, I've literally just spoken about, like, you know, politics or race or something like that. And I, I will still sometimes get, like, sexual comments from people or, you know, emails from people that are... And, you know, it's like... You know, you could just not say that, you know? Um, I, I know um, some people who make YouTube videos full-time and they have put up completely innocent, non-sexual content and they will still get sexual comments and things like that um you know with people sexualizing situations that aren't that way at all you know and I don't know I think maybe sometimes people think it's it's a compliment it's fine but they don't understand that sometimes people don't want that kind of compliment you know sometimes when you work hard on something you want people to acknowledge it for what it is and to acknowledge the hard work that you've put in and things like that and you don't want for it to be to be you know sexualized and whatever if i you know if i work hard on a project that is meaningful to me and i've spent a lot of time on it and you know the first thing someone says is, you know, some kind of sexual comment about my voice or about, you know, the way I look or whatever. It's like, but did you have to, did you have to say that, you know? (laughs) 
really you couldn't you know look a little deeper within the work within yourself and come up with something else like really it's just it just feels really shit I think some people think that it's a good thing to say and I just question that because I, I don't think it is you know <laughs> I mean if it's in context I guess maybe but you know if it's the only response someone can give it kind of makes you think well you know were they even paying attention did they even you know did they even look at what it is and acknowledge the point of it all I don't know <laughs> it, it, it can be hard sometimes because you can't control the way other people are going to react to the things that you do and the things that you create and I think sometimes that can be the hardest part of being a creative person because you, you have no control over how other people are going to interpret your work how other people are going to react to your work and how other people are going to see you as a creator you you cannot control the way other people will think of you and see you and it feels very very confusing sometimes you know because you can be like okay well if that's how people see me then you know I won't post any pictures I won't you know talk about these things that you know get these reactions but then it still happens and and you're just like, okay, well, what now? It can be very frustrating because, you know, going back to writing um, as an example, I see some male writers and most of what they do and most of what they put out is, you know, sexual content and they write about sexual things, but they're still taken seriously. People still comment on the actual content of their work and they are still given that respect. But then when you're a woman and you write about a variety of things, but you sometimes write about, you know, something sexual or you post a selfie or, you know, something like that, just everything you do revolves around that. People don't ever give you that same respect and seriousness and it can feel very you know hard because it's like well if I just don't ever do those things and I don't write about certain things and I don't post you know pictures of myself ever and I don't you know and I'm completely anonymous it feels very very fraudulent and kind of unfair because you're having to hide who you are and limit yourself creatively just to get the same respect that somebody of the opposite gender already has and it's hard because it's not the fault of you know male creators you know they didn't ask for this imbalance to happen but I mean I don't know how we how we change that I, I have no idea <laughs> but I I'm mad about it so you know here's my outlet I'm gonna use it <laughs> I think it can also be a problem in terms of relationships with other people because, you know, if if I'm in a relationship with somebody who like works in, you know, like works with computers or is a teacher or 
something like that. And I, you know, I do creative stuff, you know, in terms of work. Sometimes, you know, people don't take creative work as seriously anyway by default because they think, you know, oh, it's something, you know, that everybody can do, you know, everybody's got a novel in them, that myth that literally isn't true. I, well, I mean, technically, I suppose everybody could have a novel in them, but, you know, quite a lot of them are going to be shit, let's be real. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, because people see you know, kind of artistic endeavours as very, you know, kind of soft and not serious. And, you know, um, like, for example, people see, you know, going to university to do like, you know, creative writing or musical theatre or, um, you know, something like that. They see it as a very soft option. You know, why do you need to go and study that? It's pointless. It's stupid. Um, so there's sort of a, a lack of respect for the creative arts anyway. Um, and you know, so people, when, when you're trying to find somebody in terms of a relationship, sometimes people just immediately will not give your work that level of respect that you would give theirs. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I could be a teacher or I could be a doctor or something like that because I can't. Um, and I'm not going to disrespect the work that they do. And I'm not going to, you know... I wouldn't, and you see, this is where it comes from. I wouldn't sexualize their work. I wouldn't reduce it to something like that because I may not understand every aspect of what they do, but I'm pretty sure it takes a lot of hard work, you know? And I, I, I think it's an important thing. And if it matters to them, I, it matters to me and it's important, right? So I don't get why it doesn't work the other way. I'm I'm so coming across as whiny right now. I can literally feel it. But you know what? We are like 50-something episodes into this podcast. At this point, I feel like you guys expect this from me. But <laughs> it can be hard because people... I don't know. I guess they think it's okay to treat creative work with just sort of a base level of disrespect anyways. Because you know, it's not that serious, it's fine, but it is, it is serious, it matters to me, this is my life, this is what I have worked my whole life to be able to do, I, I mean, you know, not to go on about it, but I, there are noisy cars outside, I'm sorry everybody, but anyway, I, <laughs> you know, I, I worked very hard through school, I did A-levels, I went to university, I, I continued doing writing classes after that. Um, I, I still attend writing classes even now, um, you know, uh, sort of several years into doing this, you know, as my job. I, I still keep going back and learning and learning because I just, I want to keep getting better. I dedicate so much time to my projects. I, you know, I... I write every single day. I, I'm doing something creative every single day, whether that's writing poetry, working on short stories, editing, um, you know, creating video content, audio content, um, you know, going to classes. I, I'm working on what I do all the time because it means so much to me. 
so I just I don't do you know what I mean and I'm sure people with every other kind of job are doing the same thing everybody who works is working on getting better and being the best they can be at what they do pretty much at all times so I don't get why there's this one industry that people just think it's acceptable to just you know especially if you're trying to make a connection with that person like why would you just so blatantly disrespect the thing that is most important to them I don't understand that at all it makes no sense to me whatsoever the memory of you up the stairs with last night alone on the beach still fresh in my mind lingering in my hair in one moment I am there watching waves making wishes being the only girl in the world with you on the bed among the softness of my sheets I cry into covers the lullaby of last night still settled around my shoulders. Your cologne caught in my coat. Lollipops and love drinking away our youth. Watching the future floating towards us but feeling unafraid in the safety of your embrace. I cry myself to sleep. Like a child dropped directly into dreams of you. Daring myself to wait, waving at my wishes that sail to the sky from the waves we had watched. As you approach, your arms finding me, daring to love me a little louder than you can when we awake. I was trying to work out the other day why I feel so drawn to water and specifically the ocean and sort of beach settings and surroundings. I don't know, like maybe because I'm an Aquarius or maybe I was a mermaid in a past life, I don't know. But I just, I think it's so, so romantic, but so hopeful as well. I think it's just a very beautiful kind of thing to think about and write about. I think maybe I've been in love so many times, you know, by the sea. Such a romantic thing, and you just stay there with somebody. It's like the whole world just disappears. And the only thing is you, them, and how deeply and disastrously you are in love with each other. I'm living life backwards. Back. 
unwelcome, a mistress to my memories, who will only see me discreetly under the cover of darkness. Tell me, why do fools fall in love with the days they'll never see again? Why am I wandering, moonlit and miserable? There are fireworks frolicking in the sky, and the stars are painted like a rainbow as Big Ben sings to the city that we've made it through another year. And I'm furious at an inanimate object that is only doing its job, telling me the time, because I'm not ready to sleep when I know that tomorrow will be waiting as I awake. The daylight is cruel, dancing in the distance, further and further away every time I take a breath, but the night is pushing me towards my next step, ignoring my ill-fitting heels and general reluctance. I am clinging to the pavement, praying for the world to stop spinning, bells to be blissfully still and silent so I can hold on to the night a little longer. But night can never take me back, and I can tell by the way that the day avoids me that day doesn't want me either. I wrote that based on something that I wrote when I was at university because I found some of my old notebooks again the other day. Um, and I, from what I can tell from my lecture notes, the assignment was writing about the, the new year that had just happened. Um, and for me, I had met this person and we had sort of started seeing each other and as is very on brand for me in the very short time between New Year's Eve and that lecture, which probably would have been sort of around two, maybe three weeks at most, everything had gone to shit. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, sort of falling into this situation with this person, I, you know, it, it changed me. It made me a different person. You know, I think most relationships do that. You you would be, there'll be differences to some extent. You will, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll learn from them and you'll grow as a person. Sometimes you'll, you know, sometimes it's a bad change. It, it, it really varies. But with this person, it wasn't a good change really for me. I, <laughs> I became different and I didn't like it. But. I don't even want to say I liked them because I thought I did at the time. But I think really it was just I didn't want to leave them in case, you know, nobody else wanted to be with me ever again. Because, you know, I was 18 and I was stupid and I thought that. Anyway, um, so it's like I was stuck between being these two people. And it all happened on that one evening because that was what started it all. And so I knew I could never go back to the way I was and the person I was before I met them as much as I wanted to. But I didn't want to be the person I became and I couldn't see a way of being anything different. As it all turns out, there absolutely was options for that. I just, again, I was 18 and, you know... It is what it is. But I felt very trapped by, by sort of 
how things were and so I wrote something about that and then I've just rewritten it now because I I always thought you know I'd always remember it and be like, oh, I should, I should do something with that. I should, I should put it in a collection or I should publish it. I don't know. I never did until now. So, uh, finally, I've given it justice. Okay, kids, that's all for this week's episode, but I'll be back next week. Um, and until then, you can find more of my work on my website, which is jenniferwan.com. Uh, you can also find me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, everywhere, really, uh, with the username Miss J Squared. Um... You can support this show and lots of other things I do on Patreon um, or there are one-off donations available through PayPal and Coffee. Uh, on Patreon, uh, things start from $1 and you get lots of exclusive uh, free content, lots of early release stuff, so that may be something you're interested in too um thank you to my friend amanda uh from patreon and i will see you guys next week good night my love